Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Today we are continuing our discussion on player tiers and how it relates to this NBA draft. How many superstars are in the 2022 draft? Let's go! G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys NBA and on Instagram at Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball. Joined once again by the great Calamac. How are you, man? The great Calamac. I, I can get used to that. Yeah, I'm well. How are you, Mitchie? <laughs> I'm doing really well, mate. I'm doing really well. Today, uh, obviously, we're continuing sort of... You could almost say this is a part two of our NBA players tier discussion, but... Relating it back a bit more to the draft and the younger players coming up into the NBA uh, at the moment. So if you haven't already, I would definitely encourage that before you listen to this podcast, go back to our previous podcast where we're talking about uh, NBA player tiers. To give you guys a quick reminder, we went through our tier one, which was our MVP level caliber players, our tier two, which was our Batman's best player on the championship team. Tier 3, which was our Robins, so the second best player on a championship team. We skipped Tier 4, because we're going to talk about that today. And then we went also on to talk about our Tier 5, which was the good stats, bad team, or you know your third option on, on a good championship-level contending team. Today, we're talking about the young guys, the, the I got next tier, the Tier 4 guys. And we're also blending in a bit of the NBA draft, guys. So um, before we get into those guys, anything you wanted to to tie a knot on on that previous podcast you wanted to add in or anything else you want to say in general before we get onto these specific players, Cal? Um, look, I'll, I'll say just go check it out uh, before you listen to this one for sure. you get a lot of context. We pretty much went through the whole 50 um, players really in, in the league. Um, the, these guys 
included who we're going to mention um, next. But um, personally, I, when I'm looking at this rank here um, that we're going to going to get into, we'll, we'll discuss where we think they might land. Um, if they could get up to that tier one into that MVP discussion, whether or not we could they they could win a championship, or if we think that you know maybe that is more of a Robin or or something like that. Yeah, I think it all comes back to team building on how to build a championship level team. And you've got to really identify what do you have in a player? What could they potentially be? And, and, and then also, what is the percentage likelihood that they turn into that? You know, you might have a player that has, you know, a 1% chance to be an MVP level player. Like, I'm sure no one sort of would have said that Nikola Jokic was going to likely be that. <laughs> um, but, you know, there was that 1% chance and it hit. You know, Giannis might have been a similar kind of thing. We, we all, we all saw, saw the potential with, you know, his body and, you know, his um, talents. But, you know, at the time, the percentage probably wasn't very high that he was going to hit it. But sometimes it does happen. Sometimes, you know, the stars align and it all works out for a player. So... Um, there is is that reasoning. So let's move on to, okay, so tier four. We won't go to the draft guys just yet. We'll talk about the guys who are already in the NBA, but um, tier four, I'll go through some names, and then Callum, you let me know if you've got anyone else or, or if you disagree with any of the guys that I've got here. So the I got next tier, I've got Zion Williams, Zion Williamson, um, Anthony Edwards, Cade Cunningham, uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Evan Mobley, I've got Scotty Barnes, Jalen Green, and LaMelo Ball um, in my I Got Next tier. Do you have anyone else, or do you disagree or, or want to boot anyone else off this tier? I'm, I'm throwing three more guys I want to add to the list here. Okay, hit me. Um, Darius Garland. Yep. I think we should throw in the mix. Uh, DeAndre Ayton. I think being being 23... Let's not overlook him and, and think that, you know, there's okay. potential there as well. Okay. And and then also Tyrese Halliburton. We did mention him in, in that kind of uh, uh, previous pod, but I think I think he does fit into this category as well for me personally. Okay, fair enough. I think I like – I don't mind two of them. I, I, I am going to disagree with the DeAndre Ayton pick. I think – I don't know if I see upside in him – getting above this. I, th- I think his ceiling is third best player on a great team. Um, I don't know if I see him elevating into that Robin, like second best player on a championship level team uh, status, which I, I guess is kind of what this tier and why it's tier four and not, you know, and tier five isn't tier four and tier four isn't tier five, because I think all of these, all of the other players have the potential on being that, Robin guy, that that second best player on a, on a championship team. Whereas I don't know if I see that with Aiton. I, I don't know if I see it with Halliburton either. I probably... Garland, you could definitely talk me into. I don't know if I see it with Halliburton. Uh, maybe. Maybe on like a... If you if you really value his playmaking and and his like... Uh, t- uh, like pace setting, you could talk me into it, but I... Again, I probably see him more as like a third best option on a championship team. What What are your reasons for having those guys in there, in particular Aiden? So, so just to clarify, when you're looking at this, you're really just making a list of people you think would be um, what it sounds like to be in, in tier one or tier two. Yeah, I, I'm looking at guys who who can be the one, the the option A or option B of my franchise. If I'm trying to win a championship, yep. these are like the two. Because really, we we want we want two. Level guys, unless you've got a Giannis or you know someone who's like the best player in the NBA, you, you typically need two guys in your team to kind of uh, 
reach that championship yeah. level team. Well, yeah, like a Tatum and a Jalen Brown. Exactly, um, yeah. Example. Yeah, well, What example. we're seeing in the finals. Yeah, Jimmy Butler and a Bam Adebayo, you know, yeah. a Devin Booker and a Chris Paul. You know, those kind of players that, that elevate your team to that level. Um, yeah, look, I, I think Aiton, he can defend in the perimeter. Um, he's a big guy in, in this day and age, is your perfect big man, uh, can hit kind of your mid-range. Doesn't stretch it to the three-point line yet. But look, as I mentioned before, he's 23 years old. Um, I still think he could... He's got some upside to make it into um, kind of like your 1B, um, that, that being kind of like your Robin uh, yep. per se. I don't think he's going to be the best player on no, a championship team. I don't, I don't think, think he has that ceiling, um, but I do think he's in the discussion for being kind of like that second best piece. Okay. Who, who do you think is able to like, okay, first of all, do you see any of these guys reaching tier one? So the MVP level talents, do you, yep. do you see anyone reaching that level? Uh, I think there's probably four on my list out of these guys. Okay, I have um, three. Um, okay, um, my four would be Zion Williamson. Yep. If that man's healthy, he's easily yes, I agree. An MVP, I think. I, I mean, he shot like sixty percent from the field. Oh, well, yeah. with like twenty six points, I think in a playoff situation, he, he's just unguardable he's um, tough, for, tough for any team. Exactly. So, yeah. From, yeah, from a matchup point of view, I don't know who you throw at him. So, yeah. I think he's easily if healthy. In that discussion. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think Anthony Edwards also has that ceiling. I agree. Um, he just needs to get that basketball IQ, learn the game a bit more on this level. But the, the physical traits are there. If he becomes a bit more consistent, um, I think he's 100% there. I think the defense is taking big steps up um, in, in his second yeah. season. I think that's um, something to, to look into as well moving forward. If he just becomes that defensive wing stopper, um, that really could elevate um, a, a team single-handedly as well. Um, next look, I had Mobley just from yep. the Rook. I, I do believe in him, what, what he had, um, brought on the defensive end this season. Um, while also just really being a shoot from, from anywhere. I think his ceiling is as high as anyone's, um, especially yeah, on both ends of the court yeah. and being that defensive anchor, being a guy that can kind of shoot on top of people. Um, and, and then lastly, I'll throw Kay Cunningham in the mix as well. Yep. I'm not as confident, um, probably there just because of his slow start, but I, I think, there were some signs, um, and that so. really is more of a gamble on, on a smaller sample size. The other guys in this list, we've seen obviously a bigger sample size, and we're a bit more educated on it. Yeah, um, Cade may fall out of that um, for me. Maybe he's going to be a more of a Robin to someone's, um, you know, Batman or, or MVP kind of yeah. caliber. I, I I've got three of those four. I, the one I play I don't have quite there is Evan Mobley. I think um, I think I do have Cade. It's funny because obviously we talked about like. You know, some some of these players have like you know a small percentage to make it. I think, I think I've got Cade has going to. I think Cade Cunningham has got maybe like a, I don't know, a thirty percent chance to be in a tier one, but he's also maybe got like a a fifty percent chance to be in tier three. Do you know what I mean? I think he's he's either going to be right up there or or he's going to be the the number two guy. Whereas I think Evan Mobley, like um. I could almost put like a 60% chance that he'll be a tier two. I think he's going to be someone who's going to be just really, really good. He's going to be, uh, like we said before in the previous podcast, he'll be like the best defender on that team, but maybe the second best offensive option. Um, so in terms of total value to the team, he probably will be the most valuable t- to um, player on a championship level team. But it's just the fact that I don't know if I can give him the ball and say, okay, go for it, man. That, elevates him to that MVP level, which I feel like everyone in that MVP kind of tier one has. 
Um, and also the fact that most of them have a, a level of playmaking as well. So I think those like chess players, the players that orchestrate the court, you like your LeBrons, even like a Giannis and Jokic, um, Luka, Steph, all these guys, um, Kevin Durant to a certain extent, uh, even players like Kawhi and Embiid do that in their own way uh, in terms of creating the pace and controlling the pace of the game. I don't know if um, an Evan Mobley is going to be able to do that. He's kind of like that Anthony Davis kind of type where it might not be able to just take his team and just will them into the, the championship, whereas I think he's going to have to have someone else there, at least on the offensive side of the court, to, to sort of help him out, which is why I have him down. But I'm with you, man. Zion, if he can get healthy, man, like I know we've only seen like one and a half seasons of him, but it's enough. It's enough for us to see. We recognize there's a reason, like I still back New Orleans' decision to take him over Ja Morant. I know some people might... Obviously, hindsight is great, and if he ends up not being healthy throughout his career, sure, you could say that Jamarant was the better pick, but take the swing, man. This guy's talent is through the roof, and his like just uniqueness is is crazy. And and I, I was a, I was an Anthony Edwards skeptic going into the draft as well. I think I think I had him maybe second or third or, or something like that. I had I had Lamelo Ball clearly number one that year. I remember. Um, which doesn't look stupid, but I think that Anthony Edwards probably does have the highest ceiling with, with what we've seen so far in his career. Um, so I would agree with, with those sort of players. Um, do you think everyone else has a chance to be... Uh, well, is there any player that you don't think has a chance to be a Tier 2, like a Tier 1 or a Tier 2? Um, not to be a Tier 2. See, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily see LaMelo Ball being a Tier 2. I see him as like a Robin... Max, I sort of see a Scotty Barnes being a Robin Max, but I'm pretty confident he can be a Robin. Jalen Green's an interesting one to me. Um, I think he's got a wide range of outcomes. Uh, I think he can be... He, he's the kind of guy that has like a 5% chance to be a tier one. Do you know what I mean? Like he's got like a a low percentage chance to be right up there, but he, he's got it. Um, whereas someone like a Scotty Barnes, I feel like... He's got like a 0% chance or maybe a 1% chance to be a, a tier one, but he's got like a 50 or 60% chance to be a tier three. Like he's, I think he's going to be really good. Um, but maybe Jalen Greenstall has a higher ceiling. What would you think yeah. comparing those two guys? I think um, the, the two guys I'm least confident in w- with your list would be Scotty Barnes and Jalen Green. Yeah. Okay. I, I think the rest um, have. have Got a pretty good sample size. They're, they're rookies as well, so I think that's probably why I'm a bit more hesitant. Yeah. Um, Scotty Barnes is on a pretty deep roster out in Toronto. He, he's a hustler. He can do a lot of things, but I still think um, there are some gaps in his game. He needs to become a bit more consistent three-point. Um, I feel like even though he can pass, um, he passed at, um, in his college days. We didn't see a whole lot of that on the NBA level. There was some flashes, but... I guess you could argue that's flashes for the future. Yeah. Um, you could say that he could actually start running a team, um, noting that he did play a bit of point card in college. But yeah. look, I'm, I'm not too sure. I just think the offense isn't quite there for him there in terms of an offensive ceiling. So yeah. I would have him probably maxing out as a, as a Robin for me personally. I don't see him at all getting into yeah, that top um, level. Um, Jalen Green, yeah, you can that can go either way. That's yeah. um, probably the biggest low floor, high ceiling pick so. of, of this whole group, just given he really did actually turn on his scoring towards the end of the season, which is a good sign. Yeah, He ended up averaging 17 points um, to you know for the entirety of the season. And, and that's coming off some pretty bad 
um, you know, similar to Cade coming in, they came out of the gate shooting pretty poorly um, and just had a few explosions here and there, but did become more consistent towards the end. So I think that is at least a good sign. Um, and he does have the athleticism and size and being about 6'6 to be a reasonable defender. So I think he does have the Anthony Edwards. Um, I was about to say, yeah. His, yeah his... In terms of a comparison, he does have that kind of um, layout. Uh, but Anthony Edwards is obviously a thicker build. I think he can guard more yeah, players I, just because of how big and solid he is. And the athleticism for him mixed with the size is a bit different to someone like a Jalen Green who's a bit yeah. more of the athleticism, a bit it's more slower. flashy yeah. on, on that end. Yeah, I agree. I was about I was when you were saying how we obviously turned it on towards the end of the season, it very much mirrored the first rookie season of Anthony Edwards. But I think Anthony Edwards was more sort of like after the All-Star break or, or second half of the season, whereas Jalen Green was kind of just like the last month or two. Like it wasn't as long or as big of a sample size, but definitely had that same kind of feel of it where he kind of just figured it out as the season went on. And and um, similar to similar to Anthony Edwards, I was a little bit skeptical with Jalen Green going into the draft. Um, again, I think I still had him like three or four, but he was always the kind of player that I flagged as like, oh, this guy could go... He could go either way. He could be like a good stats, bad team kind of player and always just be like a chucker and not have too much else to his game. But but there have been those signs, like you said. Um, last guy we haven't touched on in this tier is a Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who's a bit different to some of these other guys. Maybe one of the, a bit, I think, probably the oldest of this group without actually fact-checking myself. But he's definitely been in the league the longest. Um, what are your thoughts on Shea? Where do you think he can get to in the heights of the... Uh, the NBA rankings. Do you think he has a chance to be a tier one or two? Um, it, it, look, if you're an advanced guy, I think you would say yes. Um, I think the advanced stats really do back him. It's just he's been playing for such a scrub team, so it's really hard to really, yeah, really say if he is up there. Um, I personally think he, he's destined for more of a Robin role. I, I think he should be a number two. I agree. This is where this is where, and I'm gonna. This is an amazing segue. Um, this is where I'm really excited for if OKC can draft someone like a Chet Holmgren. This is why I think that this would be a match made in heaven because I can see Chet being the tier two player, probably not a tier one. I don't. And to give my overall thoughts, I don't think there's a tier one player in this draft, and. Um, I think that sometimes we always, we hope that there's a tier one in every draft. We, we kind of think and, and we think, oh, I'm drafting at number one. I want a superstar. I want a, I want a player that's going to carry my franchise. But the reality is we, we've highlighted eight players in the NBA. And that's like eight players, you know, with multiple years. And obviously all those guys have been in the league for, for many years. Luca probably being the youngest. Um, you know, not every draft has, has a tier one player. Not every draft has a tier two player. In fact, most drafts don't have either. Um, so it's it's challenging for us to kind of check our expectations and think, okay, more than likely one of these top three or four players is going to be a bust. You know, Maybe one of these guys is an all-NBA player. Um, and to me, that's why I have Chet as my number one player because I think he's the most likely to be that. Um, not to say that I think he's going to be the type where, you, again, you give him the ball and he goes and scores, but I think he can be a tier two where he's the, the most valuable player on a championship team because, one, he brings that defense. He can be maybe the second or third option on offense. And if you pair him with someone like a Shea, who's maybe not a tier one you know, in totality, but he might be their leading scorer. So he's like the Robin, but he might be your team's leading scorer, if that makes sense. 
Um, so that's yeah. why when I when I look at drafting a player, I, I'm, I'm taking into account what I've got on my roster already and what I want or expect that player to be, which is why I find it so hard for Orlando because they've got, they don't have anyone. You know what I mean? Like they don't have anyone who's a tier one, two, three or five. Like, like they've got nothing. Um, they're a blank canvas. And, and when you don't see a tier one in this draft, like what do you do? Do you, do you just draft a player you think is going to be decent and has the lowest chance of busting? Or do you take that real big swing and, you know, if a player has a 2% chance to be a tier one or two, do you, do you go for that? What are your thoughts on, on all those sort of things um, that I've just spoken about? Um, I'll just I'll, I'll just go through um, and, and point out how hard it can be just to get that tier one guy. So when you go to every draft, that I guess can be a, your consensus number one pick. If we go back 10 years and run through them, 2012 was Anthony Davis. Yep. Uh, I think you could argue a few years into his career, especially when he beat Damian Lillard when he was the sixth seed and went to the second round. We thought he was himself. a tier one. You, you would argue it was a tier one. Some people were saying, you know, top five in the league. Yep. When he won the championship with LeBron, um, it was he was arguably the defensive player of the year. I think Giannis won it that yep. year, um, but he was right there um, in terms of that. So I think that's the level up. After that, look, 2013, Anthony Bennett, bust. Bust. 2014, Andrew Wiggins. Um, he's doing great as a third option right now. The, yeah. he, he was the number one draft pick. But tier then five Carl Anthony best. Towns. Yeah. Exactly. After that, Carl Anthony Towns in 2015, Not he, we had him in the Robin. Um, yeah. uh, and, and he's, look, I guess you could argue after this, the guys still are young. Uh, but look, I think we're pretty confident he's not going to be that so. MVP caliber player. Yeah. Um, 2016, Ben Simmons. <laughs> he's Then it's a bit of a disaster. Um, can't shoot, still doesn't shoot uh, six years later. Probably. 2017, Markel Fultz, bust. Tatum um, was in that draft. Let's let's do point that out. That that's true. Like and and if we're talking like more your top, let's say top five picks, yeah. um, obviously there's a bit more options. But yeah. it, it is it is hard to really swing and, and get these guys every yeah. time. Uh, you had DeAndre Ayton in 2018, who we've already touched on. Yeah. Uh, 2019, Zion Williamson, most hype Jury's in the out, NBA draft um, outside of LeBron James, really. Uh, and then your Anthony Edwards and Kay Cunningham, who land themselves in this tier. And, and I think rightfully so. So there's no real guarantee nah. if, if someone will get up there. And, and if we're looking at, you know, the guys on the board right now, I do agree with you with the fact that I don't think there is a tier one MVP caliber player. Um, if I, if I put my money in, I wouldn't, wouldn't say so. I think there's um, some great, probably Robbins is probably my, the best bet that I do for this draft class. Um, the only guy I think that would have the MVP potential would be someone um, ju- just purely on, I guess, the mystery and, and not really knowing. <laughs> I thought you'd go here. I thought you would go here. And I was actually kind of thinking of it myself. Go on, say the name. Um, <laughs> Jaden Ivey? No, no. Like, uh, it's got to be Sharp, right? Yeah. I, I, think, yeah. I think Sharp, just with the mystery. And, and the hype, um, I think he's got the tools. He probably would be. So if someone does want to take a swing, you'd, maybe you'd, you'd just take him. Yeah. If you had have to I told you into taking Shaden Sharp number one pick? Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not taking him <laughs> number one. But I, I understand the theory of the mystery box, right? Like he could be anything. He could be that guy. He could be that, that championship level, like number one player. Like we just don't know. We've got no stats on him. We've got limited film. Um, you know, we don't... We don't have the confidence, right? So, so in saying that, it's like uh, 
I don't know. It's it's even hard to put a percentage on it. Like maybe he's like a five percent chance of being a tier one or two. Do you know what I mean? Maybe he's a twenty percent chance of being a tier three. Yeah, maybe he's a forty percent chance of being a tier five, and then he's like a thirty percent chance of not even being a starter. You know what I mean? Like there's there's a there's an element of risk that he's going to completely bust. Do you know what I mean? Um, whereas I don't see a, a world where a Jabari Smith isn't at least a tier three. Do you know what I mean? I, I think I think he's at least a third option on a championship level team. Like I, I think there's only a five percent chance that he's not at least that. So that's why there's a lot of talk with him being number one or two pick. Uh, me personally, I think that Chet is in a similar vein with a higher upside than than someone like a Jabari. I don't think there's a there's a world unless his body completely gives out on him and he he picks up a lot of injuries. Um, but even saying that, like that's hard to predict. You know, it's hard to predict injuries, man. Uh, I know we're getting better at that, and like injuries were highlighted and flagged with someone like a Zion, and that's proved to be at least to this stage I mean Zion could turn around and be healthy for the rest of his career we don't we don't know um you know like these kind of things can be flagged but I I'm still confident that I think that he's probably a safe pick I would say however the player that I think probably has the highest percentage chance of being a tier one might be a Paolo Boncaro um as much as I don't think I, that, I agree with that as yeah. well actually I think just the scoring prowess that he that he's kind of shown the size of his body, like he's like 6'10 and just solid. He's just going to get into the NBA and I, I don't really see him skipping a beat yeah. whatsoever. I think he'll really just fit in, have a bit of extra space to work with. And and he can. he's just got the IQ, I think, as well. Watching a bit more of his tape, he'll, he'll pass it, run, cut, pass, and just make the right moves. I think he does fit in with a lot of teams. It, the only knock is that defensive end. And, and, and I think even for someone 6'10", it's not like you can... Yeah. Um, pick on him, like, really. I guess some guards could really just try and blow by him, but outside of that, he's a big body that you can't really yeah. take a whole lot of advantage of. Yeah, and I think that that like those are things that he could definitely improve. Like he could say he gets his jump shot to something that's a really respectable level, and he's he he improves his you know fluidity in his movement. Like we we see a little bit more athleticism and explosiveness from him, and his defense elevates to a point where he actually gives a shit every night. And and um like you know say someone like an Andrew Wiggins, like if he can get himself to like that kind of level of defender, which I think is totally in the realms of possibility, then then yeah, you maybe have a tier one or two guy. Um, I'm I'm less confident on that being the case, and I, I see him more as maybe like. I think the most likely scenario for me with him is a tier three or five, like a, a second or third best player on a championship level team. Whereas I think I'm I'm more confident that K, sorry, that um, Chet will be a, a tier two or three. But in saying that, that's why that's why there's a lot of different philosophies and why different people might have him above others. And I, I can't really I can't really argue against it if that's what you believe. I just I just happen to believe something differently. Um, when I look at the the way he he plays and 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 what I value, so I guess that's just a, a a background into into sort of what we're looking at when we're thinking about who to draft and for different situations, and and that's why I think there's definitely credit to him being picked by the Orlando Magic because, like we said before, they've got nothing. They've got they've got a whole bunch of tier sixes and sevens, you know, <laughs> like just a whole bunch yeah. of role players. You know, maybe your Franz Wagner can be a tier five and the third best player on a championship team. Maybe Jalen Suggs could be that. But I don't see any Batmans or Robins yet on this team. They they still need to get those guys. Yep, I, I totally agree. I'll touch on. I think the ceiling of Chet might be up there as well to some players. I'm not completely so sold too. 
Um, but but we've always kind of said, you know, I've said a power console is a good reference, someone that hustles on defense and can score. And, and he was like a perfect kind of Robin uh, to, to Kobe's obviously MVP caliber Batman kind of kind of standard, right? Yeah, I've I've said a second half of uh, a second half of a Tim Duncan's career, uh, which I know is lofty standards, yeah. but that kind of archetype of the best defensive player and the the second or third best offensive player uh, on a team, and I think whilst that's that's some big expectations to put on a young man, uh, I, that's that's sort of what I would hope to, to to him to reach. But let us know what your thoughts are, guys, and, and who do you think? Are there any Tier 1 players in your eyes in this draft? Do you think that Chet is going to be a bust? Or, or, or let us know in the comments below. Give us your thoughts about it, your drafting philosophies and, and what you would do if you were at the top of the draft. Like the video. Hit the comments. Make sure you subscribe. We'll catch you guys next time. Laters. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.